It's 5 o'clock in pirate country, and it's time to get pumped up with the P-Men. and hit the road. 94.3 The Game is going to get you home and the P-Man's not holding back. Yes! Yes! Pirates win! Pirates win! Bring on the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. Holy mackerel! Oh my goodness! The flagship station of the ECU Pirates. Welcome in on a Thursday, everybody. Five o'clock edition, the uh, drive home for you here. P-Man Show. Nice to have you along as uh, we are uh, getting it done here on a Thursday. Do it live. Indeed we are. Ben B-Baby Byram across the way. Hey, Ben. It's a Zoke day. Uh, Jim Zoki will uh, join us on the Zoom. I wonder who he's got uh, for the Super Bowl. Up. Well, we'll ask him. NFL season gets underway tonight. Um, and he think this is a preview of the Super Bowl. The Los Angeles Rams, defending Super Bowl champ, and the Buffalo Bills. Many people thought the Bills should have got there. Yeah, I agree. I mean, they the were Bills so close. Have the most, many people think the Bills have the most talented team this year in uh, the game known as professional football. Uh, on the AEW, which, my God, going on behind the scenes is insane in that company. That company's still afloat? They're still around? Oh, it's a wild si- Oh, be nice. Come on. <laughs> it's a wild situation there. But anyway, they had the uh, the great uh, MJF returned to the ra- to wrestling last night in Buffalo. And you know what he did, Ben? Oh, he I... endeared himself to the Buffalo fans. Oh, of course he did. The Bills Mafia. And then turned on them. Turned on them like a heel. Did he throw them through a table? They probably would actually like that. They would have liked that. You know how those you know how those Bill's Mafia sorts are. What if he pulled out a table and teased them, and then he put it back down and put it away? <laughs> That'd be an ultimate heel move in Buffalo. That would have got him some pro wrestling heat, some yeah, heel heat. absolutely. All right, uh, so we'll talk with Jim Zoki coming up. Panthers opening against uh, the Brownies. Ben, what you make of that? Uh, I think um, I, I hate to be a homer here. I mean, there's no – I mean, it's pretty cut and dry. I'm pretty clear that I'm a Panthers fan all the way, but I, I think the Panthers are going to easily win this game. Jacoby okay. Brissett at quarterback. Yeah, I, I don't think the defense for the Browns is as good as people say it is. The only – the running – a lot of questions at wide receiver. Outside of Amari Cooper, you got a bunch of bumps. And then at running back, obviously, you know what you have at running back. That's the only thing that concerns me, bumps. especially with the defensive line. You know, a little shaky, a little shaky for sure. So, so we'll get Jim Zoki's take. We'll ask him some questions about the Panthers roster. I'm feeling pretty good about uh, this Panthers team. I, you know, I don't think they're they're great. I don't think they're they're okay. Worst team in the league, like a lot of analysts. No, are I don't think they're. I don't think unless they just have a bunch of injuries pile up early. I don't think they'll be as bad as they were last year. Yeah, I think we'll be very competitive. You got a mouse in your pocket with that we talk? <laughs> hey, hey, I, I'm, 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 I'm a fan. I'm a fan. Let's just put it that way. So, we'll, uh, Ben will give you his Super Bowl, his AFC and NFC title picks, Zoke championship picks, my championship picks, and we'll do our uh, Super Bowl picks. How does that sound? I like it. I like it. I, I'm trying. So Jim Zoki, trying to go Chargers yep. here, but I'm, I'm ruling against it. Yeah, a lot of people are. 
A lot of people are. I, I could see it. You know, they just you go out west in both. It's both conferences. The West is pretty tough in both conferences. Yeah, I think. And, yeah, and I like Justin Herbert, but it's going to be his first year in the playoffs. Do I really expect the guy first year in his playoffs to lead a team all the way to the Super Bowl? I don't know. Yeah. That's, that's a tough ask. I like the Broncos a lot. Really? Just because of the yeah. Russell Wilson effect? Yeah, I think Russell, I, you know, color me stupid. And then you got the Chiefs. And Ra- I mean, look, <sighs> see three teams making it out of the AFC West, the playoffs. I, I can I see could. that. An old NFC South situation where we had three teams yeah. making it every year. I could see that yeah. with the AFC West for sure. I mean, certainly two will go come out of that. Oh, absolutely. Uh, I look, think it's a lock. I, th- I think that's the Saturday NFC West is no one. NFC West. <laughs> you wonder what happened there. NFC West <laughs> is no slouchy sort of uh, situation either. I mean, there's three. There's three legit teams in that conference, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I think there's a lot of unknowns with the Niners, especially at quarterback. But Jimmy G's still there, and you know you can win. With uh, Jimmy got, G. I was going to say they've got their their winning quarterbacks just going to be the backup. That's all, Ben. Things don't work out. Always they can be- always just throw him in. Right. I, well, I mean, you can. You absolutely can. Yeah. So Rams, Bills tonight, uh, eight twenty. That's NBC. So we don't get a look tonight, at least, at the. Uh, I don't think the uh, Amazon. That is NBC, isn't it? Or yeah, double check that, Ben. But I thought I saw that where that was NBC today. It is NBC. Yeah. So you don't get a look tonight at uh, Al Michaels and Herb Street, which is fine. Oh, did Aikman never sign with them? I know that was rumored for a little bit. That was that he went to ESPN. He and uh, Joe Buck went to ESPN. Remember? Okay. All right. I hope he got a new hair. Buffalo, plugs. Buffalo, <laughs> a two and a half point favorite. By the way. So uh, do with that what you want. Entertainment purposes only. Thanks, General Assembly. Uh, well, really, some specific people in the General Assembly, and and some that may listen to this show. So. I respectfully disagree. Uh, what else we got? We got uh, Burley uh, called up to the big leagues. We brought you that yesterday. Uh, Benjamin, what uh, has Burley done? Because unless he's – I mean, look, no, I like Alec Burleson. He's been on this show two or three times. Yep. Uh, so, I, you know, I, I feel like if we wanted him on the show, we could get him. Uh, and we may do that in the coming weeks. And I hope he has – and I think he will have a sensational career. But I, I, I mean, unless he's hit a titanic homer today, I don't think we're going to dedicate time yeah. on a Thursday where the NFL's starting and we have a lot of football stuff to get to. We're not going to dedicate a ton of time to a September call-up. So if I'm not sportsing hard enough for you on that front, uh, tough. Well, there's not much to talk what about. It- I mean, first that bat, four-pitch walk. Um that's probably pretty much the highlight Ooh. of his day. Outside of that, a pair of flyouts and then a ground out. He's zero for three on the day. Bottom of the ninth, Cardinals trail eleven to four with one out. They're at the plate right now, not looking too good. All right, alert the press. Um, what else we got? We have uh, look for years, Ben. We have wanted to like NASCAR. Yeah, I, I've tried. Even as a kid, I thought I liked it because it had cars and it was racing. Yeah, you know when you're a kid, you right. like cars and racing. But yeah, as I got yeah, older, yeah. I was like, "Hey, this really stinks. This really sucks." So, how can we fix this? Well, we have. I mean, I think we've been very friendly to NASCAR on this show. Absolutely. We yeah. we have a Daytona show. We're happy show to every have year. them on. 
Right. We're happy to have drivers on whenever they want to come on. We're happy to have announcers on anytime they, they come on. Bubba we Wallace was like tickets. a topic for a week, I feel like, back during COVID. I mean, Bubba Wallace well, was a huge yeah. topic around here. Yeah. Yeah. It was kind of the only thing going, but still. Well, the that was a year, I, you know, we were trying to get into it. And yeah. they kind of, with, they with the aftermath it. of, well, and then, yeah, that whole thing ruined it. So, anyway. Um, they So, rarely has NASCAR gotten it right, is my point. You know, you mean I can't the, throwing dirt a, on Bristol wasn't wasn't right? Yeah. That wasn't a cool right. thing? <laughs> Just throwing a dirt track on, yeah, on Bristol and bastardizing that race even further where you used to not be able to get a ticket. You were on a waiting list to get a ticket and it was a hundred thousand seats. And now five people in attendance, <laughs> if lucky, I mean, you could sit on a row and you'd be the only one on the row. Yeah. You, you probably, they probably just let you in look good for TV. So, I mean, we've, we've tried, we try very hard to want to like NASCAR, but NASCAR very rarely gets it right. They finally have gotten something right. They're going to hold the all-star race at North Wilkesboro. Hey, I I, mean, we've been calling for this for a while now. I mean, um, giddy up. Hey, hot hey, damn. Roy Cooper, I think deserves a little love for that. I mean, you know, we, we make the joke. He oh. loves sports, but he did fund, uh, North Wilkesboro getting some I renovations and getting back in there. Yep. There we go. Roy Cooper bringing that looking back. Looking at a big sports fan right here. Absolutely. But he did fund, uh, and, Made put some major money towards getting North Wilkesboro back and in the NASCAR fold. So I will give him his due when it comes look, to that. I wouldn't um I wouldn't overlook Lil Lee, Dell Juniors. Yeah. Dealing this. Absolutely. He was a you huge know? part of this too. Yeah. I think this is good for NASCAR. This when we talk about going back to your roots, this is the kind of thing we're talking about here. Not throwing dirt on uh, Bristol, which is already a classic track, <laughs> and you're just overthinking it. I mean, this is kind of more so what we're thinking about. This is in a demographic yeah. and in a region uh, where there's people that actually care about NASCAR. Not You're not in Vegas or you're not in Connecticut or you're not in New Hampshire trying to do races where 20 people show up. I mean, this is a place that cares about NASCAR and a classic track that should still be around and should still be in the Cup Series. Hate it for Charlotte because we really like the people at Charlotte yep. Motor Speedway. But, you know, I think this is a good of the team, good of the sport, taking one for the team, good for the sport kind of thing. Now, let's go out to Rockingham. Let's refurbish that situation and let's start doing some stuff out there. Yeah. I mean, I, I know Cooper also threw some money their way. So we'll see if any developments come from that when it comes to NASCAR and their relationship with Rockingham and getting that going. Back in the spring, when we went to my uh, niece's dance recital, my and she's my goddaughter, and so I was the first one, so I went to it. And um, but we, it was in a part of the state where we had to go through, um, by the racetrack in Rockingham. Yeah, and it just happens upon. It always gives me the heebie-jeebies when I drink because you know it's just this giant structure out there in the. Uh, but I would like to go in. I really would like to go in and kind of take a look around it and and see, you know, well, now what would need to be done. Now it's kind of a uh, glorified giant concert music festival venue now more than uh, Oh, is it really? Is a, yeah, they they hold music festivals every year there and concerts okay. and whatnot. It's I don't I don't I'm, they probably do like smaller stock car type of racing there, but 
Um, it's it's it definitely needs some renovations for sure when it comes to racing. I understand why they don't do the truck series or the uh, what do they call the uh, Saturday series now? Xfinity. Xfinity. Yeah. yeah, I understand why they don't do the. I understand you know why they you traveled the same track by and large to do Xfinity and uh, the main series, the monster series or whatever they're calling it. But I mean, to me. The places like North Wilkesboro, Darlington especially, of course, they still actively race there. Uh, if you could get Rockingham squared away, those are the places you need to be holding a lot of the Xfinity stuff, Yeah, and in my age, mind. In an age where nostalgia kind of sells, I mean, that's as nostalgic as it gets when it comes to NASCAR, besides maybe like Daytona and again, or And again, I totally get, yeah, I, I totally get why they do Saturday, Sunday races, and occasionally the Friday truck races, all at the same venue, bang for your buck, yep. and it helps with the travel and all that with these teams and ownership. I totally get all that. Yeah. But I, I think I'd throw a truck race in one of these places, or I, or I'd, I would hold an Xfinity race. Well, I mean, go on and on. They, I mean, they had no problem throwing truck races a couple years ago in Bowman Gray at uh, Winston-Salem State's football stadium. Cool. So, I mean, yeah, well, why yeah. is there an... Why is this an issue? I have no problem with them racing at Bowman. I mean, there's a lot of history there. Fun race, yeah, but it's not ideal. I mean, there's there's tracks, I wouldn't say ready to be raced on, but, I mean, uh, nostalgic tracks that people care about where there's a demographic around it uh, that you can work with there that were used to be Cup Series races. Well, let's, let's see what they do with North Wilkesboro. Again, yeah. plenty of time to get it ready for the All-Star race. It's not as high stakes. It definitely needs so a lot of work. Is, I'm not going to lie. North Wilkesboro yeah, is a little I, rough right now. Right. And, I mean, if it is, I mean, and, and trust me, I get there's money on the line in these in the All-Star race. But, I mean, it's not it's not the type of thing where, you know. But, I mean, if, if you're going out and holding a race in the L.A. Coliseum, for crying out loud. Yeah. <laughs> you, can, you can make this you know? work. Yeah. You can make this work. Well, they're racing in the streets of Chicago next year, so I mean, we can. Yeah, make this I mean, work. If, if we're doing that, we can make this work. We can make this work. Um, again, they get plenty wrong. All right, I tell you what, we've uh, talked to the break here, but I do want to give away a pair of tickets. We got uh, a pair of tickets for ODU coming to Greenville to take on East Carolina Saturday night, six o'clock. We'll be there with our Pirate Game Day countdown for Bushlight beginning at 3 outside of the Town Bank Tower. A uh, break, and then we'll get uh, a winner for a pair of tickets and a gift card to Chico's Mexican Restaurant in Uptown. 252-561-4263. 252-561-GAME. It's 252-561-4263. Caller 5. When we come back, uh, we'll get the winner, maybe on air, maybe not. And uh, we'll do a pirate report for you. Then Jim Zoki to come, so stay with us. Pirate football lives on game days right here. Here we go. On the flagship station of the ECU Pirates, 94.3 The Game. You know, Queen Elizabeth died today, Ben. I did. I, I did. That's uh, that's unfortunate. Ninety six. Nice long life for the old bird there, huh? A long life, for sure. 
I'm not sure if I want to live that years. long. That's a, that, that's that might be a little bit too long. What do you mean? I might be ready to go at that point. Ninety six. Kind of jibber jabber are you talking? My gosh. What you want to live wrong forever? With you. I would prefer it. Ah, uh, I don't know. Sometimes this is your time to go. Uh, I guess, but stick around for a while. Look, this is no longer a sports show. We got to talk about death here. We got to face death right in the face. It's going to happen. Uh, no. Uh, all right. Let's. I don't know why I talk about anything I talk about with you, to be honest. I don't know what to talk about the Queen about. I don't know anything about the Queen. I know her age. That's about it. Ah, she lived a long time. That's all you got to, I mean, yeah, just passing comment. How about the weather? I would, it rains a lot in London. It's very <laughs> well, rainy. Yeah, it does. Maybe, maybe that's, that's the key to her long life. Congratulations to Steve in Greenville, the winner of our uh, tickets. He gets a pair of uh, ducats to East Carolina, playing host to Old Dominion on uh, Saturday night, 6 o'clock. And a $25 gift card, is it, today? $25 gift card to Chico's? $25 gift card to Chico's. Not bad. Not bad at all. Uh, we'll have some more tickets to give away next week to uh, the ECU Campbell game. Mike Campbells Minter. Campbells are playing. Former Panther. Mike Minter, yeah. Uh, Camels are playing on uh, Saturday night at uh, William & Mary. They got a nice little stadium up there in uh, Williamsburg, Colonial Williamsburg. They have a nice campus in general, William & Mary. Very oh, no, nice it's a beautiful yeah. campus, but they've got, a, they've got a really nice little football Absolutely. stadium up there. I've done a game there before. It's pretty good. Uh, all right, so uh, let's do today's Pirate report shall we and now patrick johnson with today's pirate report on the flagship station of the ecu pirates 94.3 the game all right thank you very much uh ben byron uh and today's pirate report is brought to you by team boneyard providing fans with a platform to compensate current ecu student athletes for the use of their name image and likeness 100 percent of your contribution to team boneyard will go to NIL opportunities for current ECU student-athletes. You can get more information, and you can contribute by visiting the website teamboneyard.org. Uh, let's see here. Our, our guy interned Dom in the hizzle today, and he was uh, slaving over a hot editing bay. He has uh, the cuts lined up for us, so let's uh, knock him down. This is Coach Houston uh, with a uh, final opening statement of the week before the game against Old Dominion. Guys, how we doing? Good. All right. Made through, uh, you know, the bulk of the heavy lifting for the week. You know, got to sharpen up everything tomorrow. Um, have a solid walk through on Friday, and then get ready to go on Saturday evening. So excited about the matchup against a very good old Dominion team. Um, glad to be at home again. Uh, you know, really, uh, just like last week, just really excited about our our fan base being back in Daddy Ficklin Stadium. Uh, it should be a great matchup Saturday night. All right, two short um, answers to these next two, I assume, questions. So now I understand why one of them is probably short. Uh, and this was going on when we, this goes on, the, the audio from this goes on while we're doing a show. 
So I, I don't have anything other than what I've got on the screen here. Ben, do we have any idea why this first one was so short? I mean, was it a question asked that didn't no, sit well? Or? It was, yeah, it was really just short and sweet and straight to the point. Like, didn't seem like he wanted to comment too much on the matter. Well, it, I guess strange. he's talking about working on special teams, and I, and I understand what that would irk Mike Houston over, but let's... Well, they weren't very good. Says. They weren't very good Saturday. So well, no, that's what I mean, and I can understand him being frustrated with special teams, but I mean, I, I, I don't... Look, there's there's fault with a lot of questions that are asked in in the media scrums. I feel like that's a pretty solid question, though. I mean that that that's one that deserves to be answered. Right. Know, I mean, teams. you know what? There 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 were some deficiencies on special teams. Have you put any extra work in this? I mean, I'm assuming that's what the question that's was exactly again. What it was, yeah. So I I think that's a legitimate question. Uh, I find the answer oddly short, but let's let's hear what it is. Well, we made sure that things that needed to get corrected got corrected. Um, and it's been uh, a big focus this week. So, okay, that's it. <laughs> now he was asked about Luke Larson's status, and Mike Houston not big on giving status updates if somebody's a little banged up, unless it's you know something that is long term or done for the season type of thing. So that's why I'm assuming this is this is so short when when asked about Luke Larson's status. He's fine. You know something I don't know? Okay. No, he's ah. good. So I guess what the person asking the question was, is Luke Larson going to get benched? Yeah. I, Maybe I, that's what they were asking. Luke Larson had a rough day. I guess they were wondering if he was going to still play Saturday. And, I, I yeah. guess that's it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I love that. Play that answer again. That actually, this is, this is good stuff right here. This is the best five seconds I've heard all week. Here we go. He's, he's fine. You know something I don't know? Okay. No, he's good. <laughs> We it. need that from coach. We need more of that from coach. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Uh, all right. How Owens uh, kicked the ball in practice. Coach was asked that. Well, he's hit the ball good. I mean, he's, you know, he's just, uh, you know, he's excited to get back out there and like we are and get the bad taste out of your mouth. You know, that's, um, I mean, that's just, you know, that's just the way you are after a weekend like that. So it's good that we got a game. I mean, that's, that's the great thing. You get a chance to go back out this Saturday and, and you know, kind of flush all that stuff out of your system and go back out there and compete again against a really good opponent. What is needed for the next game, Coach? Well, I think it's, you know, improve on last week's performance. Uh, there's so many things that we did well last week, and then there's some things we need to clean up and, uh, you know, need some you know better execution, uh, you know, just a little bit better job of, uh, you know, making the play and uh, finishing some things. But, uh, you know, overall, I was for, for game one, uh, you know, I was not uh, not disappointed in the offensive performance. Coach was asked about a more balanced rushing attack against uh, ODU and establishing one. Uh, no doubt. I mean, that's, that's football. You know, you got to, like we've, we've talked about a lot, you know, you got you to be balanced. And, uh, you know, ODU feels the same way. You know, that's very similar philosophy. Uh, with how they run their program and how we run ours. So, uh, you know, it's going to be a battle on Saturday night. You know, just kind of, you know, see who see who can impose their will on the other. Monarchs like to disguise a lot of what they do on defense. They're really solid, very talented defensively. And uh, Coach uh, talked about the similarities in the programs. One of those, according to Mike Houston, is uh, – 
ODU and ECU's defense have a lot of those similarities, according to Coach. Yeah, I mean, and, and similar from the respect that I think they play really, really hard. Uh, I think they show you multiple fronts. Uh, they show you a lot of different, uh, you know, just combinations of things, you know, bringing guys from different places, finding different ways to get to four down, uh, playing multiple coverages in the secondary, uh, very aggressive. So, uh, you know, I think, like I said, you know, just similar kind of philosophy on uh, the way they operate. You know, I think I would like uh, the five-second answer for some of these questions. Um, the difference in a day game and night game. I mean, the big, the biggest difference is just, you know, you're not up at the crack of dawn, you know, eating pregame meal at 8 a.m. You know, it's, it's a little bit, you sleep in a little bit, you'll eat breakfast, you'll get an extra walkthrough in, uh, you know, have some time to, you know, during the day. So, you know, it's just the experienced guys, the older guys, you know, they've, they've had a million night games. The young guys, you know, we, we're going to talk to them just about the schedule and how it's different than it was last week. Uh, and so uh, that's, that's the big thing. Um, you know, I think that, uh, you know, I think our fans will probably be, uh, you know, maybe a little bit more rowdy. You know, they've got all day to tailgate and, uh, you know, prepare for the game. So that should add some excitement to the stadium. And Coach was asked about playing under the lights. I mean, we've practiced under the lights in uh, in camp and stuff. And so, uh, you know, no, it's, it's, we're, pretty, we're pretty ready for that. And, I'll, you know, it'll be, it'll be daylight for the first half. I like the five-second answer better. I thought that was just – some of these could have been five-second answers, quite honestly. Maybe he eased up a little bit and felt bad. I, <laughs> maybe he doesn't have that Belichick in him when it comes to press conferences. Dom, you didn't ask any of these questions, did you? Uh, Dom not. says no. He he swears up and down okay. he didn't. All right. I mean, I, I, I'm not – I'm just – I was hopeful. That was asked more out of hope than anything. <laughs> I will say though, Dom, right. Dom was very upset with some of these questions during the. Uh, when he was, he was what? Kind of getting everything together, he thought some of them were a little silly. Uh, there were some Dom. that did not make the cut that were extremely silly. Gee whiz! All right, um, Donnie Kirkpatrick, always good for a, a quote and a quip. He gave his assessment of Holt Naylor's uh, lid lifter to his uh, last campaign in Greenville. Yeah, he, he had a good solid game. The, you know, the first interception on the second play of the game. Uh, you know, we're trying to be aggressive there. They were in man coverage. We we're trying to throw an inside fade to, to CJ. CJ just made a great play to start the game out. I told CJ before the game, he said, "I'm coming to you early. I hope you're ready." And he said, "I am ready. Feed me." And uh, we had a great matchup. And I just he just kind of babied it and just kind of underthrew it. Now those are not the type of plays I don't think to get you beat. Uh, you know, turnovers are, are a big determining factor. But it was almost like a punt a little bit because we took them back to the 30 there and we took a shot at it. He just underthrew that. The, the, the pick that was bad was uh, the one going in. We had a chance. We, I think, got picked about the 20-yard line going in, and that, that was points, you know, right there. And in a game like that, every little point was, was going to matter. So that was a situation where uh, I think me and him just didn't communicate very well and the receiver in there, I think the Isaiah Ben – knew we, we didn't we kind of got a busted little route in there a little bit too i thought he should have probably just ate the ball ran with it a little bit so besides that i'd say yeah he was pretty good and uh coach kirk patrick on what the receivers were told at the half of the nc state game just relax you know you know you're good you know you can do it i mean the team was so ready we'd had such great preparation 
Uh, I said this a couple of times, not anything to do with me, so make sure you don't misquote me here. Uh, it was the best coaching job I'd ever been a part of. I just was a part of it in 40 years of coaching. Coach Houston had done an unbelievable job of preparing the team, preparing the staff. I mean, from, from the head coach down to the, all the GAs, it, the prep was just the best. We'd had the best walkthroughs. The team was the most ready to play. And though the newer receivers, you know, the, the not young, but the newer, I think they wanted to impress and they wanted to do well. And I think we caught the ball very well, you know, uh, early. So at halftime, you know, I, I thought I kind of came down before we kind of get together and I could see them that were a little bit long in the face. And I was just like, just relax. I promise you, uh, there's magic in this stadium. I promise you, you just hang in there that we will be back in this thing with a chance to win. Just relax. We're going to keep coming to you. You know what I'm saying? You, you, you don't have to worry about that. And I don't know. I think we kind of got a good stop on defense. We got the ball. We got Isaiah the ball a couple of times. He really started filling it, you know, and then Jalen kind of got involved in it. And I think their confidence just grew. But I just think they just relaxed and started thinking about what have I got to do instead of, oh, I, I, I got to go catch this ball. I got to make a big play like that. All right, we're about midway through our pirate report. We're rolling on here. Donnie Kirkpatrick on the distribution of the pigskin. Yeah, you know, I like that. I, I like to think of our spread offense, whatever the label is, not much into the labels, is, you know, equivalent to like the wishbone where you do spread the ball around. Now, I, you know, I've been a part of some receivers that had huge numbers, you know, where they just were so superior, I guess, or the quarterback just started to find them. But, you know, when we've been at our best, we've spread the ball around. Uh, I, I would like to have gotten the run game going a little better, uh, though I, I think the run game wasn't as effective as we'd like for it to be. I think Keaton had 12 or 10, I think Raji the other one. The run game is what opened it up, though, in the second half because we got a couple of runs finally to work in that first drive, and that made them have to kind of defend the run again a little bit, and then I think it opened up the pass a little bit. So I like to get those guys involved. I, I kind of had it scripted out a little bit early to try to get a lot of guys involved just so they would get into the flow of the game and not worry about, you know, their touches or how the game was going to play out because we have a lot of good skill players. Uh, when you have a lot of good skill players and a lot of them are new, meshing with some of the older, my concern had been, you know, let's don't get worried about, you know, how much do I get the ball, how do I – you know, fit in this thing a little bit. And, and, and that's a good problem to have, but I did worry about it. You know, how, how do you get the backs their carries? You know, how do you get, you know, CJ his his catches? How do you get Ryan, Shane, Isaiah, you know, Jalen, you know, all those stuff like that. So uh, it was good distribution, and that'll make us better because we'll be harder to defend since you can't just go double one guy. Yeah, you ain't getting no five-second answers anymore from this guy. No, we're done with no. five second answers. I kind of miss them. Yeah, they're yeah. <laughs> Come on. Uh, last one from Donnie. Last one. I, I do too. Last one from Donnie Kirkpatrick. Uh, and I thought this has not been talked about enough in the in all of the minutia and the aftermath and everything that we have talked about this week. Uh, and as maligned as they have been historically, uh, we have not given enough praise to the pass protection to the offensive line um etc outstanding i thought and uh this is donnie kirkpatrick on the pass protection last saturday 
Well, I think we can throw it deep more. You know what I'm saying? I think we, we had time, a major point of emphasis in the offseason, uh, there was actually three that we thought we, we have to get better at, and one of them was pass protection. And I thought we did that. Now, we can't slip in the run. You know, that's the thing. That's the give and the take about it. So we worked a lot more on pass protection. We had a lot more blitz pickup. Uh, we were really expecting them to come after us. Uh, I think the word that, that we get, you know, because coaches talk and everybody knows somebody, and that's why you have to worry about information getting out because it'll get to your opponent, was that people felt like you can't give Holton time or he'll shred you. If you can get pressure on him, and I know that's true almost of every quarterback, but if you can flush him and make him especially go to his right, uh, then he's a lot less effective. And so uh, the first game last year, Appalachian was a team that really blitzed a very low percentage. And we got in the game, and they were bringing them from everywhere. So we are like, yeah, that's, that's what they're going to do. So we were really, really worked hard on the pass protection, and it was much improved. So I think Holton gained confidence from it, you know, like that. I gained confidence from it. I think Shank was Uh, and uh, some good stuff from Donnie Kirkpatrick there. We now move to defensive coordinator Blake Harrell, uh, who talked about his motivation. I'm assuming this is the, for the game this week, not for next week. When it when it says your motivation for next week, I'm assuming that means next game yeah, but, or yeah, this week. Obviously, yeah, Old yeah. Dominion. Yeah, I mean, one would hope. All right, uh, here's the motivation for this week's game. We didn't win the game, so I think that's the you know first motivation. is It doesn't matter what happens throughout the game. You, you, if you don't come out of there without a win, it's not successful for us. You know, and that's that's our main motivation, and um, we got to go back to work. You know, I, I thinking about this walking up the stairs while I go while I go. You know, you learn at a young age that if you don't go to work every day, if your folks didn't go to work work every day, you weren't going to have a whole lot to eat at night, and there weren't going to be any food on the table. And it's the same for us. If we don't go to work Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, we don't can't you know get the reward on Saturday and go eat. We can't get the win, so we got to get back to work, and it doesn't matter about last Saturday, good or bad, and we got to be hungry, and we got to get that W this week. So that, that's where we're at. That's, you know, a lot of people will pat you on the back and say they're excited, and yeah, I'm excited about our efforts and some of the things we did, but overall, there's still things we can improve on. There's things we can do better. I mean, uh, we played decent on third down, but there's still two third downs in there that led to two scoring drives, and, and we get those stopped, and then we, we played a really good ball game because then we've Probably kept them out of the end zone and and go home with the W. So there's things we got to do defensively, moving forward, be better and improve to go get a win this week. All right, Blake Carroll talked about the Pirates' third down defense. Yeah, you know it's uh, some credits to him to those guys. Uh, Devin Leary's a really good quarterback and and really good really good arm talent. Uh, I think last year we were 24, 25 on on third and 10 plus, probably tops best in the nation, maybe pretty close. Um, the other day we gave two of them up, you know, and and both of them led to touchdowns, and that was that was pretty frustrating, you know. Just we can play the technique better, you know. You second second you second guess yourself as a play caller sometimes, and some of that's dictated by who you're going against too. I mean, you, you go blitz Devin Leary, and, and that might be the play he scores on too. So you kind of got to keep that in mind. But that, that's where we're focusing right now. Places we can get better, and we do a better job. I mean. Like I said, they're four thirteen. Some people would say great and be excited about it, but we're still pissed off about the four, and that's just where it is. Uh, Coach Harrell on uh, the reaction to the goal line uh, stop. I'm assuming uh, perhaps both of them, but certainly the uh, the one in the fourth. 
my my reaction was really thank God because the, the you know they shouldn't have been down there in five plays before that we 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 looked awful and uh, I know everybody in the state was probably celebrating I was just kind of relief because hey we found a way but just really super proud of our kids and the effort right there and really if we take that one play and that's the play we want the effort the energy the emotion the kids triggering how how they rallied to the ball everything in that one clip that's what we want to be defensively. It's probably what Coach Houston wants our program to be like, and, and that's we got to take that one play and build upon it, you know, and um, and make sure that carries over to every single play throughout a ball game, and make sure we got fresh guys out there so we can execute that way every single snap. And it was just really great to see, just kind of, you know, you, you see a lot tweeted out and all those things, and people talking about it, but just being a part of it is pretty special. If we could have, if we could have won the game, it'd been really special. And uh, Harold, on this year's starting point, better than the last two years. I mean, two years ago was UCF game one. Last year was App State game one, and, and those were uh, games you like to forget. And this one, defensively at least, you know, you, you, we still got a long ways to go. Still got a lot of room to improve. But you feel like, hey, this is something we can build on. This some some. It's a good starting point, and we can build on this. We can. We can develop ourselves if we'll continue to work, if we'll stay hungry, and if we'll work like we did last week, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, we'll prepare like that, then we'll have a chance to, to do some special things. But we, we, we can't take pats on the back. We can't be, oh, I, you know, hey, I know on game day I'll do this or I'll go do that or I'll play this way. No, we got to go out there every single day and we got to go earn it. And we got to go earn the right to, to have that fan base. And I mean, what an awesome environment on Saturday. You know, pulling in the stadium, I think uh, our head athletic trainer, Herb, and uh, Jake Kirkendall, our uh, chief of staff, were, were on the bus with me, and the kids got off, and they looked at me and said, that's, that's a big-time atmosphere. They both co- they both been in the SEC. They said, that's an SEC atmosphere. And uh, it was all day long, and that's it was really special, and I think that's probably what brought out the best in our guys. And um, But still, we got to go do it throughout the week so we can continue to, you know, put a product on the field that Power Nation is excited about and feels really good about. Uh, ODU has a heck of a tight end, uh, the Penn State transfer, Zach Kuntz, uh, and, uh, or Kuntz, and he is, uh, didn't have a great first game but against Virginia Tech, but he had a really uh, huge season last year. And, uh, you know, he's he could be trouble. I mean, we, obviously, he's got some great tight ends that are versatile. You can stand up in the slot. You can do a lot of things with him, but this guy's for real. Uh, so Blake Harrell says uh, stopping him will be a real key this Saturday. I mean, he had 74 last year, you know, and uh, Virginia Tech, and I, I know they uh, they played pretty well defensively. I think it's 240 yards of total offense, probably 150 yards before the last drive, you know, and, and did a really good job. And they got some really good guys running around. So uh, he's a really good football player. He's long. He can run down the field. He's transferred from Penn State. Um, and we'll try to – obviously, got to know where he's at. you got to know where Zero's at. Those are the two playmakers, um, and, and they're in the boundary. And, and we got to do some different things over there coverage-wise to make sure we take care of them and pay them a lot of attention. And, and then we got to go be us. I think that's that's a little bit. And, and probably going back to your third down question is we got to do a better job just being us and, and who we are and attacking and getting back to some of those things. Uh, we continue on with uh, today's Pirate Report. 
Uh, and uh, Blake Harrell with uh, the confidence, the defensive confidence they enter the week with. Yeah, they, they, they play with confidence, and they have that mentality. They can play with anybody in the nation, and that's what you want. Uh, but we got to go earn that every day. You know, it's just you can't just go, go out there on Saturdays and say, hey, this is who we're going to be. No, you better be that way on Tuesday and Wednesday as well. And we got to have that mindset. we got to have that pro- approach. we got to have that preparation. And we got to go do it during practice, or, or it's just talk. You know, so we got to make sure we continue to do that. Without, you know, you, you appreciate that that's, hey, that's totally different than probably where it was a couple years ago when we, we showed up. I mean, it's it probably night and day. I, I know, you know, opening ball game two years ago, uh, I think we gave up, I, I don't know, 500 yards, 50 points, or at least it felt like it. And um, Coach Houston said, you know, talk, talk about how hard we played and a good job. And I said, well, no, nobody's ever told me a good job when we gave up that much. And, and I think where he, you know, where he came from the previous year is where he was referring to. But now where we are today compared to that is night and day. And we much rather have this mindset. But we still got to go out there and earn it. And a uh, couple more here from Blake uh, Harrell, the uh, new guy's ECU experience. Good. You know, I think not only for J.D. and Chance and some of the other, I think all those guys were a little bit, you know, hey, this this is pretty cool. You know, I think Chance even said in the media, I'm a, I'm a kid again, you know, I felt like a kid again, which is awesome. And we all did probably. Um, but I think, you know, once once they got on the field between the lines, I thought they did a really good job. And I think both those guys and will continue to improve and, and I think they, they'll get better each week and every day, and they do. And th- those two guys, they go to work every day. They got the right mindset, the right mentality. And, you know, Ch- Chance just has it in him. JT may not know any better because he's so young, uh, but they're they're good kids. They're they're fun to be around and enjoy. And we got a good group, and I enjoy them. You know, we just we got to go earn it every day and make sure we're practicing like we're supposed to practice. And uh, last one here for a uh, lengthy, lengthy pirate report: uh, Blake Carroll and keeping the same hunger level this week. At times, you know, as coaches, you stay guarded against that big time. You know, sometimes when. Uh, somebody pats you on the back, you know, you, you, what happens after that. But um, we got to make sure we stay guarded, at, not as, just as coaching staff, but as players too. I mean, it, it don't matter if somebody tell you a good job. We want, we're all about wins. We're about trying to win ball games, win a conference championship, meet our goals. And our last Saturday's over with. We got to move on. We got to move on to ODU, and we got to go earn it this week. That is today's uh, Pirate Report. Tell you what, well, Ben, let's go ahead and uh, have you do an update, and then we'll get Zoki. Uh, we're running a, a tad behind with Zoke, but I think uh, I've, I've checked with him. He's got time for it, so we'll connect to him on Zoom uh, during the break, uh, and then uh, we'll get uh, we'll get uh, Zoke on to talk about the Panthers and talk about the uh, kickoff of the NFL season tonight. So uh, here he is, Ben B-Baby Byram. Getting B-Baby. Well, do Ben right now, but get in B-Baby mode during the break now. All right. I can, uh, and, I'll uh, call him up. Okay, good. Do that. Uh, right now, Ben with the 94-3 The Game Sports Flash Update. Thanks, Patrick. Pirate football head coach Mike Houston and coordinators Donnie Kirkpatrick and Blake Harrell speaking to the media last night. Special teams had a rough go, obviously, at ECU season opening loss to rival NC State. Mike Houston on improving the special teams. Well, we made sure the things that needed to get corrected got corrected. 
um, has been a big focus this week. So, Parts back in action in Dowdy Ficklin Stadium Saturday as they host Old Dominion with kickoff set for 6 o'clock. Tune into our Bushlight Pirate Game Day countdown for live pregame coverage starting at 3 live from right outside Town Bank Tower of our very own Patrick Johnson and ECU football legend Terrence Copper. If you're there in person, be sure to stop by and say hi. Meanwhile, ECU women's soccer currently underway in Johnson Stadium. Actually, it's not in Johnson Stadium. It's on the road as we speak as they're on the road taking on George Mason. The Pirates looking to extend their unbeaten streak to five games. So far, that matchup is scoreless through a period. ECU baseball alum Alec Burleson finally got called up to the show yesterday and made his big league debut earlier today for the St. Louis Cardinals as a right fielder. He batted seventh in the lineup behind future Hall of Famer Albert Pujols as they take on the struggling Washington Nationals. In his very first at-bat, Burley saw a four-pitch walk and would later score off a run after Yadier Molina had a 400-foot bomb to left field. Yadier had two home runs on the day in that game, Burley making contact after that, but able, unable to get anything going as he had a pair of flyouts and a ground out to sit at 0-3 on the day and an 11-4 loss uh, for the Cardinals. Moving on, Carolina Panthers geared up for their season opener this Sunday against the Cleveland Browns. The team has decided on this season's captains for the 2022 season. And some familiar faces and some newcomers on the list. Christian McCaffrey, Shaq Thompson, Jeremy Chin, Dante Jackson, Taylor Moten, J.J. Jansen, Brian Burns, and Baker Mayfield were all selected. The 2022 NFL season kicks off tonight with what could potentially be a Super Bowl matchup. The Buffalo Bills travel to Los Angeles to battle the reigning Super Bowl champs, and the Rams kick off for that matchup is set for 820. The spread is very tight for that game as Vegas has the Bills right now as the one-and-a-half-point favorites with the over-under at 49-and-a-half. That's going to do it for your 94th through the game sports update. Carolina Panthers Radio Network color commentator Jim Soakey on the other side of this quick timeout here on the Patrick Johnson Show. And action. Pirates. Oh, there. Panthers. Good, baby. Very good. The P-Man. Uh, put its pants. This is Eastern North Carolina's home for sports. 94.3 The Game. The flagship station of the ECU Pirates. Let's get back to the Patrick Johnson Show here on 94.3 The Game. The flagship station of the ECU Pirates. NFL season kicks things off uh, tonight. Bill, Rams, could we see it again? We're here to discuss that and so much more on the Patrick Johnson Show. The one and only Jim Zoki joining us uh, here on the PJ Show. Of course, Panthers will be uh, hosting the Browns and uh, the Baker Mayfield Bowl on Sunday. You can hear that over on our sister station, Talk 1037 WTIB. Zoke, how are you? I'm great. How are you guys? I'm well. You see B-Baby here. We have a video hookup. I apologize for all of this in advance. B-Baby is incognito from what I can tell. He has fake sunglasses of some kind. I'm 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 not not sure sure what you guys are referring to. This is the everyday look right here. And he's got a crazy echo going. This is, I don't, I don't quite understand all this. I, uh, this this technology and and Ben's uh, involvement in it, uh, Zoke. It's a little it's a little strange. Okay, well, uh, Zoke, are you ready to we, we, just to give you a little heads up because this is such a well laid out segment? Uh, we'll do AFC and NFC championship game predictions, and then Super Bowl predictions. So just uh, Ben and I may go deeper later in the show on things, but I just just be aware of that. That's happening, Zoke. That's all I'm saying. 
Okay. All right. Okay. You guys can go all 14 playoff teams, and I'll just do the top four. That's the plan. Well, that, isn't that what everybody's right. doing today, Zoke? Isn't that what everyone's doing? Yeah, right. I, I want top 10 list. Yeah, I want all-time yeah. playoff picks. I want, I, want, I, want, I want to know your fantasy draft. I want to know all of it, yeah. Oh, no, we had we got subject to some of that nonsense yesterday. All right, um, so let's, let's we'll start with some Panther stuff. Uh, Baker Mayfield saying this isn't about revenge yesterday. Uh, that seems to be a little bit uh, in contrary to what's been reported and maybe Baker's alluded to uh, in so many words. Uh, but uh, that sounds like some week one, don't give the other team any. Do you really need any other ammo in this if you're the Browns or if you're Baker Mayfield, Jim? I mean, I don't think I don't think at the top of his list is that it's revenge. I think if they're playing any team in the league, you'd want to win opening day at home. So I think that's that's true with what he says. I don't think this game's about revenge. And uh, they're here to win every football game, not just the ones where you have emotional attachments to it. But yeah, secondarily, I think obviously, as he said in the past, he's not a robot. This game's got some feelings and meanings to him because of uh, moving on from Cleveland. But he was a big fan of the, uh, the the fans of that team and some teammates that are still there. So. I don't think it's a ton of animosity on a personal level, but more with the organization that he'd like to win and show them. But I mean, at the end of the day, you still want to win any game you play him. I don't think it's far-fetched to say that Baker is an upgrade uh, at quarterback over Sam Darnold, who I'm sure is a fine person. Uh, but what, what is, what is, what about, what have you seen so far that has given you where uh, you maybe feel good about uh, Baker Mayfield, assuming you do. I mean, he's you know, look at the body of work over the four years that him and Sam have both been in the league. You know, Baker's had a more successful career. He's got a, a better win-loss record, much better touchdown-interception ratio. He's been to the playoffs. He's won a playoff game. So he's had success in this league. So I think beyond that, personality-wise, he's a leader in this position, demands that you be something uh, more of a leader. So that, I think, is also an upgrade at that part of it. And uh, he's got the arm strength and uh, the confidence. And uh, seems to have a good grasp. He's a smart guy for, for running this offense. So uh, definitely, I think uh, they're in a better position because of all that. It, Jim Zoki, Panthers Radio Network with us, uh, by the way. Uh, Jim will be on the air at high noon on Talk 103.7 WTIB on uh, Sunday uh, with the uh, New Look uh, Panthers Radio Network booth. Uh, opener with the Cleveland Browns for Carolina. Charlotte, be there. Aloha, 1 o'clock on uh, Sunday. Uh, Jim, uh, up front is where the Panthers, uh, you know, have, have really – been on the struggle bus the last several years. Uh, Ikuanu, uh, the big, uh, you know, there's been a, I don't know if there's a knock, but, you know, one of the things that is a bit of a concern is the ability to pass block. How has he improved in your mind, maybe, uh, since drafted? And how much uh, do you believe, uh, or, you know, how much of maybe that improvement came from those uh, much valued, much uh, talked about joint practices during the preseason? Yeah, I mean, he's got, you know, not a lot to work with as far as the time on the field, but he's got that. He's got the uh, practice against Brian Burns and Yitro uh, Gross Matos and guys like that in practice every day. Uh, he's not seen anything quite like Miles Garrett, who had 16 sacks last year. Uh, so that, you know, in, in real game action at full speed, I mean, you just you just can't replicate all that in practice. So I think to... Uh, to answer your question, we'll all find out together. I think it'll be some amount of helping him, but as uh, Coach Rule said, you can't help him every play. <laughs> He's got right. to win a lot of those matchups over there, and there's things you can do. The ball's got to come out quick, obviously, so you've got to be able to 
you know, design plays that are, you know, Baker is going to roll the pocket some with uh, him and in, in, as coming out of the, out of the pocket, not just being in the pocket, uh, quick slant screen passes, a good running game. So there's ways of working around it. It's not like he's got to protect a seven step drop 75 times either. Yeah, that's true. Uh, Zok, uh, Foreman listed over Chuba Hubbard on the depth chart for what that is worth. Uh, how much do you think we will see Foreman and Hubbard utilized uh, versus say, you know, so you don't see CMC out there every snap. I think, you know, the, the game will dictate that, but there's always packages of plays for players. And, you know, Foreman is obviously mostly going to be short yardage guys. So you know that going in into the game. Uh, Chuba is able to do some things with his speed that there's some packages of plays, I'm sure, for him. So, yeah, they'll definitely, you know, keep, you know, McCaffrey where he's not worn out by the quarter, but he's the star of the team he's the star of the offense so he's gonna be out there a lot count me healthy uh so i think they expect a lot of cmc but situations where maybe the, the play is not going to go his way maybe not necessarily leave him out there to, to block or run block and things like that are ways that you can kind of save his body over the course of four months hey we didn't uh it wouldn't be the regular season without some questions for jim zoki from the one and only ben b baby byram panther super fan apparently he's in charlotte if I'm looking at this video ski, uh, screen correctly. So, uh, Jim, are you ready for some? I mean, it, it, look, it's not the regular season until B-Baby starts firing uh, some uh, some uh, questions off your way. So are you ready for this? I don't know that one can ever be ready for it, but we're going we're gonna to see what happens. <laughs> All right, Ben, what you got? Is there an echo, echo this time? Any echoes? There's a little bit of an echo, but go ahead, Ben. You're okay. Ready. All right. All right. So if you're in a fantasy league this year, you know that the tight end situation around the league is very shaky. And when you look at the tight ends for the Panthers, um, exactly how is that package looking with Tommy Trimble and Ian Thomas? Who seems to be the clear-cut number one? And how are they going to work them into the offense? Because tight end has been something that has been a focal point in this offense since Greg Olson. Yeah, and they don't have Greg Olson on the roster, so I don't think it's going to be a huge focal I think, you know, they always want to have variety of what they're doing, but I, I see blocking and you'll see some passes to both those guys, but I don't think one is head and shoulders above the others in terms of, uh, you know, who's going to be the pass catcher of, of that group. I think Trumbull showed some stuff as a rookie last year. Ian Thomas, they just resigned to a new contract this year to bring him back. So they'll both get involved in the pass game, but I, I think they're going to be down that list of DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson. And uh, of course with CMC out there that, uh, and the tight end is, is not going to be a featured thing. I wouldn't think most weeks in the passing game. And then one more quick question when it comes to the LaVisca Chenault trade. Um, obviously, this team doesn't have a lot of draft capital. Uh, Scott Fitter just likes to trade for the heck of it, it seems like. Um, I, I don't see the point of the Chenault trade when wide receiver depth never seemed to be an issue on this team. I mean, when it came down to cut day, you were cutting and putting guys on the practice squad that seemed like would be very valuable receivers on this roster. So what was the point of the Chanel trade? And I see him as a wide receiver running back hybrid. Is that kind of a deal where they're trying to replace the void that Curtis Samuel left behind with all of this Chanel? Uh, well, they're different players and a different body type. Samuel's a lot smaller player. I think they like Chanel uh, because he's, he's bigger and he can, he can run block when they're in a running situation, he can catch the ball. He can carry the ball as a running back as well. So there's a versatility and a size that he brings that wasn't at that position 
left and there was some replication in terms of the uh, the type of wide receivers they had before. So I, I think that was their interest in him. And, you know, he was a higher draft pick when he was taken a couple of years ago by Jacksonville. So uh, I think they like his potential as a guy that came out in the second round. So I think Chenault uh, brings them, again, a physicality at that position. That is, they try to run the ball more, getting some downfield blocking. He could be used that way. But just, again, the variety of what he brings with being a bigger wide receiver. The great Jim Zoki with us uh, here. Panthers Radio Network uh, on our sister station, Talk 1037, WTIB, Panthers, Browns, noon airtime, one o'clock kick on Sunday. Uh, Damian Wilson, uh, third team in 30, uh, three years. How's he handled, you know, uh, adjusting to this uh, defense? And uh, kind of where do you see, uh, do you kind of see him at that mic spot, I guess, maybe being quoted sort of the, the leader or the QB, if you will, of the defense? Yeah, I mean, you know, Shaq is going to be the presence as far as uh, the, the leader of the linebacking group altogether. But, you know, those are three veterans. They brought in Corey Littleton and Damian Wilson. So I, I think you've got guys with a lot of experience now there. And, again, I think it's another position that's been upgraded. Uh, I think Frankie Louvu continues to get better and better. So I think that's interesting. And, you know, Brandon Smith, the draft pick at first will be more special teams, but I think Brandon Smith brings a lot of speed and he's an impact hitter. Uh, what we've seen so far in some of these preseason games and in training camp. So I like the core. So yeah, I think bringing in those veteran guys lets them bring along Brandon Smith as an example much slowly and is another upgrade at that position. You've been around uh, a little bit, Jim. Um, and so you've seen him come and go. JC Horn really didn't get a rookie season. Does he look like a rookie uh, so far in your eyes, or does he look like someone that maybe, you know, is, is has advanced, you know, like he normally uh, would from a first to second year? Well, I mean, he missed a lot of time. There's no doubt about that. So he, he said at the beginning of training camp, he didn't feel like he was completely out of being a rookie, but, you know, hopefully quickly in the season. I mean, he would play really well. I thought in the time that he had it was only three games last year in the regular season, but he, he made an immediate impact. I think he's, he's just a talented guy. Uh, so again, he can only get better by being on the field and playing more games than he has. So He's not all the way there right now, but he is, you can just see it, just a strong press cover guy. You can play him in the box as part of your, your, your run defense in there, uh, play him in the slot. So I think he can do a lot of things versatility-wise inside and out, but again, brings a big physical presence to that position as a press corner that they didn't have prior to drafting him. So again, it, you can only grow as fast as you can in terms of your maturity in this league, but I think he's shown a lot for being a young player. Jim, we're going to uh, get your uh, Super Bowl uh, pick here and Ben's in my mind, uh, but is tonight a preview? There, there, a little tip of a uh, little tip off here. What you think? Do you think tonight is a preview of the Super Bowl? Oh, very well could be. I mean, they're definitely going to be two of the ones that are picked. I think in anybody's final four to six that they would expect to be in the Super Bowl. But uh, yeah, I, I, a lot of people are kind of down on the Rams. Um, I guess mainly because they won it last year. So is that feeling that you don't get up again to win it two years in a row? And that Buffalo is kind of a team that was on the cusp and obviously could have beat Kansas City in that playoff game. But I think, um, yeah, it absolutely could be the, the, the preview. Certainly the two of the biggest contenders coming into this year. All right. Uh, we'll let B-Baby go first. And he's going to give us his pick uh, for AFC championship game, NFC championship game, Super Bowl, and who wins it all. 
Okay, so for NFC Championship game, I think it's very weak in the NFC. People might disagree with that, but I got the Rams and Green Bay. Um, okay. I, I don't think that's out of the ordinary there, and I got the Rams winning that. I still think the Rams are pretty loaded. And then when you look at the AFC, I think it's going to be a rematch of last year with the Bills and the Chiefs, but the Bills pulled out this time, and I have the Bills winning it all. Okay. Uh, the one and only Jim Zoki. Zoke, what do you got? Same final four. So I have that same final four. Um, at me, I, I think it's going to be Buffalo and the Rams. I think that's uh, the game tonight is that game. And uh, I just think Buffalo's got that little bit of extra. Uh, they went out and they added Von Miller to their team this year. Uh, I think Kansas City is is right there because they can score points with anybody. But I also think that uh, you, you look at the NFC side, and this is probably like Aaron Rodgers' last chance or so to maybe get in this position to, to get there once again. But I just don't feel like people are jumping off the Rams bandwagon for any more reason than the fact that, the, that they won it last year. So I think if they lost the Super Bowl, people would be picking the Rams this year. So uh, I've got the I think I've got the Rams for Buffalo. All right. Uh, AFC, I'm going Bills, Ravens. Ravens? They got a running back at quarterback. I'm going Bills, Ravens. <laughs> I'm going Rams, Packers in the NFC. I'm going Bills, Packers in the Super Bowl. And I had the Bills, but since – Ben, who did you pick again to win? The Rams? I picked the Bills to win it all. Pick the Bills. Since you and yeah. Zoki both picked the Bills, I'm going Packers to win the Super Bowl. Aaron Rodgers rides off into the sunset. Ooh. How do you like that? Ooh. All right. That's it. Well, guys, I think a successful debut on some level. I'm not sure what Planet Ben is on, but I'm not usually sure what Planet Ben's on most of the time anyway. Uh, Jim, thanks a bunch. And uh, we'll look forward to the broadcast Sunday as the uh, Panthers open the season against the Browns. There he goes, Jim Zoki. Thanks to Zoke for being with us. Panthers will be heard on Sunday on Talk 103.7 WTIB. 1 o'clock kick, 12 noon airtime. Uh, we'll be on the air for you tomorrow, 5 o'clock. It is the Get You To the uh, Game Day Weekend edition of the Patrick Johnson Show, Little Football Friday. Jay Sonny Son Alder will be on with us, and we'll link up with uh, Doug Martin, one-time ECU offensive coordinator and the, the uh, former head coach of uh, Kent State and uh, New Mexico State, kind of a uh, quasi college football analyst for us uh, this year on the Patrick Johnson Show. We'll uh, talk Pirates, Monarchs, and a lot more. Uh, ben Byram, uh, great job producing today. Also, thanks to intern Dom for his help. We'll be back at it uh, tomorrow to get you to the weekend. And uh, tomorrow morning, I'll be back on Talk of the Town, 103.7 and 96.3. Have a great rest of your Thursday evening, everybody.